We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig. It is Monday, April 17th, the year still 2017. Uh, Going to talk about this nine-game night slate, one-day game already in progress. It'll probably be over by the time many of you listen to this podcast. If you like this podcast, take a moment to leave us a nice rating and review on iTunes. Thanks to those of you who've already done that. Uh, Mario, let's dive in with the pitching today. Talking about the top arms on the board, it's really two options if you want to pay the premium. Danny Salazar at 9,800 going up against the Twins on the road, and John Lackey at 9,600 taking on the Brewers at Wrigley Field. Of the two, uh, Lackey and the Cubs are slightly bigger favorites at minus 200, and the over-under is a full run lower in that game at 7.5 compared to the 8.5 for the Tribe and the Twins. Uh, Where are you at with the top two pitchers? Are you going to use either one of them? And if you do, which of the two do you like better? Uh, Like I said on the radio, I'm probably not going to use either one, although I can't really make a compelling argument against either so i expect both will have their fair share of usage but lackey being the more popular one i guess because um it's just the, the more likely win and, and the more favorable setting generally i probably won't have him because i'm assuming his 9600 and i'm assuming whatever ownership percentage he has is informed by a public opinion of the Brewers batters that I don't agree with. Like I think the Brewers batters are better than people realize yet. And not just because of Thames, but uh, Thames being there, Shaw being there, uh, Arcia getting better. They, they got a lot of really quietly good hitters and, and I'm not convinced Lackey's like some kind of ace or something. So I can see him getting roughed up a little bit. Uh, he had bad concerning starts to, I think uh, beginnings uh, rather to each of his last two starts. Uh, I think he had like he had like a bases loaded some kind of jam like right away 
um, the last time out. He obviously finished on com- complete fire, but uh, just think the Brewers are more dangerous than people think. So I'm kind of looking more at like the lower price guys, um, like Cotton. And this is primarily just tournaments for all three of these guys because it can go wrong enough in any scenario. But like I like Cotton. Uh, what do we got? Uh, Charlie Morton way down at 6,400, and I don't know, maybe. Uh, you were talking about Lance Lynn. He's 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 a good player who seems a little underpriced right now, so I might have to take a look at that. But generally, I'm not very convinced by any of the pitching options today. Yeah, I'm just not willing to pay up the top dollar today. I think if I'm going for one of the more expensive options, Robbie Ray against the Dodgers would be the next option for me, $8,000. So if I'm choosing between Lackey and Salazar, I agree with the stance that the Brewers' offense is not being acknowledged as, as good as it really is. With that, I still trust Lackey more than Salazar, even though Salazar yeah. has a lot more strikeout upside. So if you made me choose, I would choose Lackey, but yeah, I'm not too. going to do that uh, today. Ray gets a Dodgers team, and he gets them on the road at Dodger Stadium, so it's weird. He gets a park boost being on the road. Usually you want starting pitchers at home. Uh, in Ray's case, I like to use him in DFS outside of Chase Field. The Dodgers' struggles against lefties go back to last season. No team since the start of last season has a lower weighted on base average than the Dodgers, 276 against Southpaws. The next lowest team is at 292. So there's even a big gap, too. Yeah, the Dodgers are that bad. That's a disaster. Bad. Really bad. Yeah. And uh, the K rate's pretty high, too, 22.2% as a team against lefties. That should be at least top 10 against lefties during that time or very close to it. So strikeout potential, uh, just kind of a group of futile bats against Southpaws until they prove otherwise. I think that's what makes Robbie Ray my preferred expensive, air quotes, option uh, on the pitching slate today. If I'm thinking more in terms of cash games, I think Ray is the rare road start uh, cash game option I like. I think, I think you're, yeah, there's definitely the case for Ray. I'll probably stay away from him myself today just because I think the ownership will be high to the point that I'm not feeling like it's worth the the volatility that he presents he still walks a lot um i I guess it's worth watching to see if logan forsyth can play today if he's in that that affects that lefty split uh if if, like trace thompson is in and he's if if you believe he's like healthy or whatever that could uh kind of result in a bit of an inflation in that in that woba against lefty pitchers and also it's probably worth mentioning like over that stretch puig didn't really play last year and if he plays like he has all year so far today that could be another undetected risk for for ray's projection so yeah i, I just worry that he'll be owned high enough to the point that I'm, I'm not really feeling like it's worth the risk in his particular case but i wouldn't you know argue someone against it because he's he's a he's a good enough young pitcher he's gotten better this year probably and he's he's obviously got high upside because he strikes out reliably so i think what it does for me looking at puig and some of those factors Forsyth being there now uh it makes me less willing to throw a bottom end starter, a bottom end lefty against them. I think they're still going to struggle against good lefties, and Ray is kind of on that fringe. But I think he's just good enough where he can go ahead and cash in. Doesn't he tend in this to match up? Doesn't he kind of uh, like oscillate between the two? Like he's either just really sharp, or he walks like three guys in a row and, and kind of gets shaky. He's been great since he started grunting. I think that's been the difference. It's all about the grunting. Oh, what kind of grunt? Just you know, I can't mimic it. Like a tennis yelp, or is it more like a like I'm I'm lifting a log? No, it's kind of like when I get out of the car and I'm trying to stand up, a disgust, holding my laptop bag and a hot coffee at the same time without like smashing into the steering wheel and spilling on myself. That kind of grunt. So it's like a grunt of disgust, kind of a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of that. 
Uh, other options on the mound today, you got Jaime Garcia home against the Padres. I think lefties at SunTrust Park make more sense than righties. A uh, big part of that, you know, we're seeing left-handed hitters get a, a benefit of a close wall in right field. Uh, still really early as far as determining the official park factors for the Braves, but that's just one kind of early observation of their new ballpark. So I think Jaime Garcia is in play, similar in price to Robbie Ray. Uh, Ivan Nova against the Cardinals. I like him in season long because it's a two-start week. I don't really like him a lot against the Cards because yeah. they're an offense that pretty consistently is one of the better offenses in the National League. I know they've been struggling early on this season as a team, but I don't really expect that to continue. So Nova's fine for season long. I just don't like him in DFS. He's 7,300 on FanDuel. I don't know why A.J. Griffin is $7,300. I have no strikeouts, no explanation for that. I don't even think his strikeout rate's sustainable, though. I feel like A.J. Griffin would have to be like 6,000 for me to think about using it. Oh, I wouldn't use him anyway just because he it's he just explodes sometimes in and, and the bad way. And that could definitely happen today. I mean, he's... Uh, like we said on the radio, I think Crush Davis is going to be popular, but for good reason uh he, he just murders uh righty curveballs and fastballs and that's all griffin's got against righties uh, the changeup he can't use against them so really like crush davis and griffin is just you know always a good bet to give up like two or more homers brandon mccarthy Jarrell cotton both seven thousand of the two i think everyone likes cotton more than mccarthy mccarthy's fringy in play if you're playing four or five lineups, I am not. I so think he's I, I in won't play, at least in tournaments. Like I, I know there's the risk there, but I mean, it's like when when healthy as as come and go as that is in Los Angeles, he's been a different player than he was before that. Like he's throwing like 93 plus heat now when he was more like a 90 guy and like five years ago or something. And he the, the strikeouts have been there in certain starts with the Dodgers. So at least. At least if you're not afraid of uh, the Arizona batters, I, th- I think the theory makes a little sense at 7,000. Uh, but yeah, you definitely you definitely talked me down a bit with him. I was I was a little higher on him before our radio show than I am now. I feel bad having that kind of influence on you. Uh, the Rangers no, no, uh, go on the road to face Jarrell Cotton, though. And I think the Rangers outside of Texas are a bit less dangerous. Uh, they're still missing Adrian Beltre, key piece of that lineup, of course. Last season, or since the start of last season... The Rangers on the road are 20th in weighted on base average as a team. So they're a tick below average, 307 team Woba away from Arlington. And as good as that lineup is, I think I trust Jarrell Cotton enough in a home start, no less, at 7,000 to yeah. make him pretty much my most reliable GPP option. I think it's Ray and Cash, Cotton, if you're going GPP, with a few other close options that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. But it is... Even with the numbers, it's still difficult seeing the versus Texas on there and feeling good about a pitcher. But I think Jarrell Cotton, as we've seen, has filthy stuff, an outstanding changeup. And I think he is good enough to come out, maybe go six innings, get you six or seven Ks, and keep this Texas lineup quiet. One thing, it looks like rain is a pretty significant risk in that game. I'm um, just looking at a. That the FanDuel chance of precipitation graph, it says that around midnight it's a coin flip chance of rain. And before that, it's even around uh, 25%, I think, if I'm reading this right, as soon as an hour into the game. So it's it's always worth double-checking on that thing closer to game time. We've got, uh, you know, uh, what is that, nine hours to go until then, and weather changes uh, on certainly shorter bases than that. So, uh, But if, if everything is clear, or looks generally clear anyway, Love cotton as a tournament play. I, I actually, I actually wonder between the weather and I think most people's 
uh, most of the public opinion of, of the Rangers batting lineup might keep his ownership surprisingly low. Uh, also, people might have a, you know, some memory, some bitter memory of using him against the Angels when it looked like such a good play and he, he kind of melted down in that setting. Um, but yeah, I really like Cotton because as great as those uh, scary batters like Odor and uh, Mazzara are, Cotton's uniquely effective against lefties so far, small sample, but he, he seems more vulnerable against righties because his changeup, which is just killer, isn't quite as useful against those guys. Um, and he has to f- be better with his cutter and fastball than he d- has to against lefties. So, um, yeah, with, with, with the Rangers' best hitters being lefties, I think it actually bodes pretty well for him. Like Lucroy, Napoli are still a bit of worries to me, but um, like I said on the radio, Cotton's the kind of guy who can give up two homers in a game and still have like 10 Ks a win and only three runs allowed in a you know manageable whip too. So there's two weather people that I focus on uh, for daily perspectives. We have Peter Jizik of Rotowire who writes up the weather reports on our site. He's got the Rangers A's game, possibility of a delay or rain out, but it's really more of a chance of rain that may result in a brief delay during tonight's matchup uh, light winds blowing out to center field should improve home run chances in all directions doesn't seem overly concerned i think uh, kevin roth of roto grinders has that game at a yellow right now okay so, uh, with, with a late swap potential too well and think about it like you, you can go late swap tonight and you could make a pivot <clears throat> and switch it over to brandon mccarthy at the same price so if it if you're really concerned about it, keep an eye leading up to game time. If it looks like there's a delay or if that storm comes in earlier than expected, you know you could get away from Cotton, go to McCarthy, and at least have a pitcher you feel pretty good about, even though I, I like Cotton a lot better. Yeah, I like Cotton a lot, and, and a yellow from Roth sells me on that for GPPs. I, I hope it deflates his ownership a little bit, because Roth is pretty cautious. A yellow from him usually turns out pretty safe. And for what it's worth, the FanDuel uh, weather graph, I should have noted, the rain potential it does indicate still is is indicated as as a very light type of rain rather than a heavy one. So yeah, it could just be like a drizzle they just play through anyway. Who is the drizzle? Yeah, rain you could play through. I think uh, is also a possibility that we often I kind of forget about that a lot. Games don't usually get rained out in the Bay Area. It's kind of an, an unusual sort of thing just based on how the weather tends to play there. Uh, I think we got to talk to Peter about Peter Jizik, our weather guy is going with like a number scale. Since Roth has the the colors, we need like a number-based scale. It's just a simple like one to five. Like five being this game's going to play no problem. One being tornado, touchdown, at home plate is a legitimate concern. Or like, um, I don't know, any arbitrary sim- symbol system, like animal types, like dog is five. Or just like up arrow, play, you know, flat arrow, probably okay, and then like a down arrow, don't do it. We'll f- we'll figure it out. Thumbs up, thumbs sideways, pa- thumbs pat- down. Patent uh, pending on whatever it is we decide on off the air. Yeah, we'll let we'll let Peter, the weatherman himself, uh, decide what what symbols he prefers to use. Uh, other cheap pitchers that are of some interest. You mentioned Lance Lynn, sixty nine hundred home against the Pirates. It's hard to see him going more than six, but I think he can go six, get you five Ks. Maybe come away with a win as well. Uh, Chase Anderson is going to be tested tonight against the Cubs. I wouldn't play him in DFS 6,800. Even though it's a a 7.5 over under, I think the uh, lineup for the Brewers, as you mentioned, is being underestimated. That game should probably get over that number uh, with Anderson and Lackey as your pitching matchup. Derek Holland's kind of interesting as a two-start pitcher in season long. 
I don't trust him quite enough in a one pitch one pitcher setup like FanDuel to roll him out there at 6,800. He's at Yankee Stadium as a lefty, of course. Pitching at Yankee Stadium, not quite as difficult as being a righty. Uh, and the guy he's going up against, Jordan Montgomery, kind of interesting overall, but not necessarily somebody I want to play tonight at 6,600. Yeah, uh, I, d- I definitely prefer Montgomery out of those two, and, and I think he's a legitimate tournament play. I, I, I know Holland has certain tangible you know things in his favor but i just can't really i'm just not convinced of him i have to do a, a quick retraction from earlier trace thompson isn't even on the dodgers uh active roster he was, he's back in triple a so never mind that as yeah. far as your uh, robbie ray concerns might go they sent him down it's kind of kind of weird i mean that the, was dumb the, the back is kind of a, a big deal though his injury seems like a pretty serious one i have to wonder if he's ever going to be uh the player we thought he could be at the beginning part of last year the other cheap pitcher though that is of some interest is charlie morton he is 6400 games being played in houston jesse chavez takes the ball for the angels morton has looked pretty good in his first two starts Uh, the only concern you have is he seems to run out of gas that third time through the lineup so you're not going to get six scoreless most likely but you might get six innings with one or two runs and a better number of k's than you expect because charlie morton in the mid 90s is kind of a new version of charlie morton He's got a knuckle curve and a 95 heater. I'm trying to. Th- I'm looking up his Brooks baseball right now. Um, I'm I'm trying to th- think if if I worry about that third time through. If 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 it's maybe that he sputtered this so far in two starts because it's like he's still working into f- shape, or if it's because his pitches actually aren't of a arsenal that that you know allow him to get over that hump. Um, let's see. It looks like he's got a little bit of a curve to that i mean that's hmm. yeah i guess i guess that he might not have the skill set to be a reliable like six inning plus guy but at 6400 the chances of him you know flukily getting there getting the win maybe getting 10ks which i like the chance of even if he stops at like five and a half innings um i'm probably going to be splitting my lineups mostly between him and cotton today and and i'm focusing on tournaments because it's i don't want to play the cash game so much when i when i have no idea how so many of these pitchers are going to turn out yeah i'm going a little more ray cotton in in part because i'm going more cash balanced than mario so uh no problems with charlie morton though if you do want to go even cheaper with the gpps and and go 6400 on your starting pitcher today i think that could pay off uh moving over to the positions now i mean with possible stacks I, i think the cubs against chase anderson are an option they're a little cost prohibitive uh houston maybe against jesse chavez could be an option cleveland maybe against kyle gibson atlanta also in the mix atlanta going up against jared weaver could be a pretty nice stack as well freeman inciarte are very affordable i think even though that lefty batter that that uh to that right field is what's the obvious value um i I never looked at his spray charts or whatever but brandon phillips has always been better against righties than lefties so i wonder if he hits like a little bit opposite field more than most righties and if that's the case maybe he could be a beneficiary of this of this stadium and in any case i like him fitting into a stack with uh freeman and inciarte and maybe even dansby swanson who's been uh he's i've picked him a few times in the last uh few slates he's been on and he's been killing me but uh he has had a really low babip and if you know his the start to his career last year 
uh, his general pedigree give reason to think that he could get hot with no notice and why not against jared weaver at home hashtag he's due uh but yeah so plenty of stack options i'd throw the mariners in there as well at least a couple mariners that i like based on their match stanton ozuna stanton ozuna real muto is going to be very chalky i think oh yeah marlin's on the other side because of the matchup against miranda but I, i like seattle more than miami even as a stack for tonight let's talk about some catchers Wilson Contreras is 2,900. Uh, even if you're not stacking Cubs, he's one of the better options on the board for me. doesn't matter if it's cash or GPP because of that price. He's affordable either way. Uh, you like the Houston catchers, I think, going up against Jesse Chavez. It's only a matter of making sure that you know one of them is getting the nod over the other before you lock in your lineup. They don't have a DH there? I think the, they could use them both, but Gaddis is playing just just lightly enough where i don't feel like it's a lock that we're going to see him on any given day i think that would be a major error on their part because uh yeah i mean he kills righties just as much as lefties so going on like a platoon basis doesn't make much sense to me if the dh spot is open but yeah obviously you don't really want him catching all things being equal uh i mean if 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 one of them is out then yeah that makes my choice that much easier uh i can imagine them both being in i think that would be the smart play on houston's part and if so I'll, i'll probably have one lineup with each so this season, Evan Gaddis has made a total of six starts, and it looks like one, two, three, four of those six starts have been against lefties. Uh, he's been the DH twice. He's been the starting catcher four times through 12 games. So a lighter usage uh, than I expected. Yeah, that's, that's they're, they're making a mistake with that. They should get him in the lineup more. Looking at the lineup, it looks as though he's been in the lineup with Brian McCann one time two times now uh, mccann was the catcher both times gaddis was the dh so it'd be situations in which carlos beltron sits where you could see them both hmm. playing in the okay. lineup together gaddis is a better batter than him at this point isn't he like, i i like gaddis more as a hitter but there's something the switch about, hit they like so much or something I, I think it's mccann and how he handles this pitching staff maybe that they like that that could be oh, i mean even a as factor. a dh it's like what is beltran i know beltran is good but like gaddis has been he, he's he's not like a an average guy obviously but like he crushes the ball about as reliably as most players who aren't in the obviously elite tiers so anyway i guess that's i mean it's not going to change obviously these things don't matter because it's houston's decision but man i would would get gaddis out there more if i was them since the start of last season gaddis has a 792 ops uh, against righties brian mccann 774 so they're close but definitely more power from evan gaddis at this point uh, so keep an eye on the Houston lineup to see if either of those guys are options. Contreras is in the mix. I think Steven Vogt going up against A.J. Griffin uh, is someone I would consider. 2800 is your price there. Uh, the other name that is sort of interesting, and again, it's, it's a little further down for me, probably not going to go this low. Uh, J.T. Realmuto is 2400 Righty-lefty matchup against Ariel Miranda. It's kind of surprising that over the last year and change, Real Muto only has a 674 OPS against lefties, but splits against lefties are such smaller sample sizes in general that I think you get more variance year to year, even for guys that have a platoon advantage. Yeah, and um, I think his average has been okay. It's more like he hasn't gotten, I don't know, I haven't haven't looked at his splits, and obviously it's going to be harder for him to get steals every once in a while against a lefty, but the thing is like Miranda 
just doesn't seem very good and there's a pretty good chance you get four and a half innings against the bullpen so i hit with him batting as high as he does and the legs that he offers you at catcher with still pretty decent power in a lineup that he could very easily be driven in however many times he gets on base i think he's a really understandable uh, chalky play but i'm probably going to try to avoid him um again largely because i'm playing mostly tournament today and also because i it, it feels to me like some of those some of those marlin bats have just been too hot and like just just by bad luck i can see them slowing down a bit and if if those guys are like 40 percent owned that's that's a good pivot rationale for me anyway let's go to first base eric thames 3200 now price ticking up as his production has been excellent uh, he's homered in four consecutive games. He really loved being in Cincinnati for that series. Five long those, balls uh, in total. Yeah, one of them a two-homer. Yeah, so he's been just tearing the cover off the ball. Price finally starting to reflect it. It's still cheap enough, though, where based on where he's hitting in the order and lefty-righty and everything being kind of where you want, like, yeah. I, I don't fault you if you keep playing him. Small sample size, but he's also crushed lefties so far. Two of his homers have been against lefties. So uh, he, he looks like he's just making a, a really reliable you know it, it, not one-to-one to what his kbo numbers were but like no worse than 0.85 which is still like could be in the all-star conversation if he keeps you know playing like this and he's a big reason why i'm i'm much higher on the brewers bats than most people like i remember people tweeting out uh before the year about like dfs tips and it's like target the brewers when you have a righty pitcher against them and i was like i don't know this like domingo's healthy now uh they got Braun, who's dangerous. Obviously, Thames, Shaw are not being accounted for. They, they just have a bunch of good, useful players in general. So it's the, even if they, even if they have like a light part of the order, it's not a part of the order that you're going to just cut through easily. They they got even even a guy like Pena is hot right now at catcher. So I think the Brewers have good bats. Um, I I probably won't be picking Thames today because I just between the high ownership that might occur and the fact that i would rather just go pay more for rizzo and freeman i'm I'm mostly going to stay away but i can't really dissuade anyone from picking him yeah i think there's plenty of reason to continue riding the wave with thames for the time being to that price gets closer to four thousand uh but if you want to go away from thames i understand i mean wrigley's not nearly uh the hitter environment that great american ballpark is you know a lot of factors Man, those there. forearms doesn't matter doesn't even matter he's got the biggest uh, arms in the league i would imagine freddie freeman well check out stanton's forearms freddie freeman's yeah. 4100 going up against jared weaver if money's no object at first base i think freeman's the best play on the board today at yeah. the position yeah I, I agree i i mean freeman there's not really much we need to say it's like the pitcher matchup couldn't be better the home stadium suits him so well and he's just a beast anywhere generally so Jose Abreu off to a bit of a slow start, hitting just 186 so far, OPS below 500, it's even below 450. Uh, looking at Abreu, he gets Jordan Montgomery, who I thought looked pretty good against the Rays, not good enough to where I want to use him in DFS on a one-pitcher spot, but I am willing to pick on him a little bit. I think Jose Abreu at 3,100 at Yankee Stadium in a hitter-friendly environment where the wind is supposed to be blowing out, I think that's a good way to go if you want to save a little bit of money at first base tonight yeah he's he's certainly in play i probably won't pick him just because he'd probably be like number four for me at at a first base and i doubt i'll make more than three lineups but uh he's he's a good player who hasn't gotten going yet and it has to happen eventually why not against a rookie pitcher in a favorable park um otherwise it's tournament options i i kind of like the homer potential of ryan healy at three thousand going against aj griffin and uh 
longer shot, but I still think it adds up. Uh, Mike Napoli at 2,900 uh, does does well historically against the kind of pitches that Jarrell Cotton throws against righties. So uh, if, if you're at least going heavy on Cotton today and looking for some insurance hedge lineup, uh, Napoli might be someone worth considering in, in that one. Looking over at second base, two names jump out at me, and it, it may only be those two that I lean on because like you, I'm playing two, maybe three lineups at most as far as the, the variations. Uh, Robinson Cano, 3,400 home against Tom Kohler. I really like that. Uh, if he's you, probably most owned at that position, right? I'm fine with that, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that chance. I'm just trying to get the map laid out because it, it does. It is an objectively really good looking play. Like Kohler, not very good on the road and not really good generally. And Cano hasn't quite gotten going, but it feels like he should soon. Matt Carpenter, though, at 3000 against Ivan Nova. Also really interesting based on price, position, lineup spot, all the above. Uh, as much as I like Nova in season long, no reservations at all about spotting in a cardinal or two against them and carpenter at that price is a steal yeah definitely carpenter and he's that that lineup's been cold enough that it's like um the ownership is going to be what like a fifth is what it would be when the the cardinals are in this context and their normal selves of you know general recent history uh his ownership should be basically pretty low for a player as good as him in a situation as solid as what it is thanks in large part to the cano attention i think that will that will help uh, anyone else at second base you're thinking about yeah uh for a tournament brave stack i, I like brandon phillips even though he's a righty um 3200 he's generally better against righties in his career anyway i don't know if his his spray angles uh favor the what is otherwise the uniquely favorable right field situation in that field but um i think either way he's going to in a position to drive in some runs and get an extra base hit whatever uh zobris at 3000 i think makes a lot of sense if you think chase anderson has a regression to the mean and uh yeah otherwise i guess that's about oh i like starling castro at 2600 at home against uh holland yeah, Castro home against the lefties, good spot as well. Uh, moving over to third base, Martin Prado handled lefties very capably last year. He's supposed to be back from the DL. I don't really like him enough because I don't think the home run potential. No upside. Yeah. yeah, so I just like a single specialist. I'd probably stay away for tonight with it being a reasonably large slate with nine games. Uh, part of the Mariner stack that I mentioned before. I mean, Kyle Seager only thirty eight hundred. I like that matchup a lot against Kohler. Uh, if you can afford that, Jake Lamb's also in play. It's lefty-righty going up against Brandon McCarthy. Though I do like Lamb quite a bit more in his home matchups, so I'm yeah. lukewarm on it, but it's in play. Yeah, otherwise at third, uh, I'm definitely going to make Chris Bryant is my favorite play in a vacuum by a pretty big margin. I'm going to try to get him in at least two of, if I make three lineups, at least two of them. Uh, I think Bregman at 3,400 makes some sense it, either as just a standalone from Houston or part of a stack. Um, he's got really good peripherals. It feels like he could do some serious damage and pretty soon. 3,400 against Chavez is definitely palatable. Uh, you, the Chase Headley whisperer, said no, Chase Headley. He can't do it today. But uh, if if Holland does falter, uh, I mean, Headley has been doing pretty good. He's 3,100. Uh, otherwise, I guess, yeah, there's not much at third otherwise to take much interest in. Yeah, kind of a thin position for tonight. Moving over to shortstop. Not a lot that I like there. You got to go pretty cheap, though, I think. Open up some money for the other positions. The two names that stand out, let me know if you like either or both of these guys. Tim Anderson in that matchup against Jordan Montgomery at 2,500. Kind of yep. want to see where these guys are hitting in the lineup. And then Addison Russell, 2,700 against Chase Anderson. I have to think that uh, 
Tim Anderson and Addison Russell will be the most highly owned by a pretty decent margin, and for good reason. I, I think I think they're at prices low enough that even if they are highly owned, they're totally suitable uh, tournament plays just as easily as cash. And um, but there there are other options at shortstop that I like as, as a tournament play. If I if I think Jared Weaver melts down in Atlanta, which I kind of have to bet on that, uh, Dansby Swanson at twenty eight hundred, at least in a tournament setting. I, I mean, the talent is there, and he's been suspiciously cold to start the year, but there's no reports of him being injured or anything. So he could correct that average in a hurry over the next couple weeks. Why not start it out at home against Jared Weaver? Um, otherwise, as a tournament play, I like Motter at thirty one hundred. If you're trying to go a little contrarian, but also get a share of some uh seattle production if you think it's going to be there but um seager also in a tournament 3700 uh if ray has an off day then then seager can hit him he can hit anybody at home really but uh yeah it's easy to imagine in my for me anyway uh you know ray just has a few pitches go the wrong way gets gets two guys on base gets down three one against seager seager gets a few rbis even if he doesn't homer but uh also a good chance he gets a shot at a bullpen which if if the dodgers are up that arizona bullpen is garbage like anyone other than archie bradley is not intimidating at all right now yeah i'm with you on that i think arizona's bullpen is very weak uh, moving on to the outfield nelson cruz would complete the three-man seattle stack that i've got in mind 3600 is the price uh, he's in play. Hunter Renfro at 3,200 against Jaime Garcia is really interesting. Uh, the Marlins outfielders, you mentioned them earlier, Stanton and Ozuna at 41 and 3,900 going into Seattle. It's not as bad for right-handed power as it used to be. They're interesting, although I think they will be heavily owned. I think this is going to be an easy layup sort of attack mode kind of play for a lot of people out there. Yeah, uh, You go a little cheaper, though. One discount option I really like today is Josh Reddick. He's 2,600. Of course, make sure he's in there. It's lefty-righty, so he should be, but you never know if the Astros move things around, put Beltron in the outfield or something. Reddick could be on the bench. I like that spot against Jesse Chavez, uh, and Reddick continues to be affordable. He had a, a pretty good game last week against Seattle. Hasn't really had much other than that. It's kind of been a quiet start to the year for him. I'm not really buying that as uh, anything to be concerned about, so I like Josh Reddick as probably my favorite cheap outfield play for tonight. Yeah, otherwise, uh, just trying to guess the chalk, it's like Ozuna, Stanton, that makes a lot of sense. I think Crush Davis at uh, 30, oh, excuse me, I got a cough. <coughs> yeah, we need a cough button. Yeah, uh, 33, or 34 rather, for Crush Davis. Uh, such a good matchup for him, uh, even if it's at home, whatever, it doesn't really matter. He's He's got the pop to knock it over anything, and AJ Griffin is is particularly vulnerable to a guy like Crush Davis, um, but in Ciarte at three thousand, particularly if Freeman is very chalky, which he almost certainly is, I have to think in Ciarte is is pretty highly owned at three thousand. But at a price like that, I I think that's cheap enough that it's worth the risk of of higher than ideal ownership. Uh, I have to think people go at both Renfro as you said and Margot at twenty nine hundred, and it's I I can't argue against that at all. It seems like really great matchup for both of them. Uh, two really good young guys who who are hitting the ball right now um otherwise i mean it's it's risky but uh if aaron judge if, you, if you're going i guess with starlin and you think that uh if you're betting against holland aaron judge at 2700 might be he, what's interesting about him is he's got like very concerning numbers in the majors especially as far as strikeouts go but he's only seen i think 18 at bats against lefties so that makes me curious as to like how high his ISO can really get if he sees like 40 more lefty at bats because he's, he's doing 
all the damage he's done against righties. So um, he's pretty cheap, and, and Holland, if, if he leaves one up, obviously uh, Judge can hit it out of the park. Yeah, and Holland's not overpowering either, so I think Judge is definitely in play uh, at 2,700. The other name I saw that was kind of intriguing, Kyle Schwarber, still oh, yeah. leading off a lot, 3,400. I think if definitely I'm only playing it. one Cub tonight and I can afford him, Schwarber's pretty consistently high on my list because of that lineup placement. This could be a good spot for him against Chase Anderson. So a lot of of different ways to go in the outfield, as as there typically is. And Margot, the funny thing about Margot is like he had that great series in Colorado. He's still affordably priced at 2,900. Cooled off quite a bit in the weekend series against Atlanta, which continues, of course, game four of that series today. Just one hit so far in the first three games. I think things are normaling out for him in a way where I think he's going to be more of like a 265, maybe 270 hitter this year. Uh, the speed's going to drive more of his value than the power. I think that's been kind of the surprise, right? The, yeah. the little home run bins. That's been happening with a lot of those guys who the last uh, year and whatever month uh, getting called from AAA, and it's like all of a sudden their ISO adds like 80 points or something. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole lot in terms of like predictability with more power from Manny Margot. I, it, it's there eventually. I just don't expect it to be there all season long in year one, especially. That's yeah. just not not really what i expected from him i mean it's a nice hot run kind of a bonus really from margot this early in the season baseball fans the wait is over baseball is back which means FanDuel is back and it's better than ever fantasy baseball for everyday fans with new contests starting every day there are no busted seasons just pick a contest choose your team and compete against other fans late swap contests are part of a new upgraded experience this year you can change your players right up to the start time of their individual game no more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm. There's still non-late swap contests out there, too, if you like those better. Updated scoring includes quality starts, so pitchers uh, have more control over their own performance. We're not hunting for wins quite the same way that we used to be. There's also friends mode where you can create a league for your friends. Choose the days you play each week, and the contests are created for you automatically. Plus, a leaderboard will keep track of how you all stack up against each other. I've been playing more 50-50s this year. I'm going to keep doing that, try to build the bankroll a bit more slowly, working in those GPPs as well. Have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Special offer for new users. Deposit today and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RW. Check it out today. All right, it's going to wrap things up for the Monday episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, we'll be back with you on Tuesday.